Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Have you ever found yourself wondering what it would be like if Jesus showed up at church? Like if Jesus showed up here on a Sunday morning, what would that be like? What would he say? What would he do? Did he take a seat in the back and just kind of watch? Does he just immediately begin healing people and preaching? And if he did start to speak, what would he say? Would he talk in parables or, or would he be more direct? Would he speak words of comfort or words of challenge or maybe even words of rebuke? Right? Would, he be, would he be proud of the thing that was built in his name or would he shrink back at all that it had become? As a kid, I remember regularly sitting in church daydreaming about these very questions. As a family, we did all the church things. Uh, in addition to attending the local Christian reform school that our church founded, went to Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, weekday catechism class, as well as youth group. There, there seems like there wasn't a part of my life that, that wasn't touched by church in some way. And while it was all good, even as a kid, I couldn't help but wonder what all this stuff had to do with Jesus. Is this really what Jesus was trying to establish? I remember looking up and down the pews and thinking, man, if, if this is the kingdom of God on earth, why does everybody look so bored? <laughs> from what I had read, Jesus was far from boring. Only Jesus would show up to a worship service, a congregational meeting, a strategic planning session, what I wouldn't give to be a fly on that wall. And maybe that's why I've always loved Palm Sunday. I, I think today's story is as close as we'll get to watching Jesus show up at church. Many of us know the story of Palm Sunday reasonably well. It's an electric scene. Right? It's mayhem in the streets. It's the time of Passover. And so people have traveled in caravans from miles away to come to Jerusalem for the year's largest religious festival. However, before they could even make it to the temple, they heard a commotion. People singing and shouting in the streets, waving palm branches. Picture yourself in that crowd. Join me in, in the, the image of it all. As you would at any parade, you squeeze your way to the front. Right? You look far down the road, squinting to see who this could be about. Maybe it's the Pope or Tom Cruise. Right? Or maybe it's someone bigger. Maybe Elvis is back from the dead riding a Harley. It's got to be something that big as, as even, even the poor folks are throwing their only jackets on the ground in front of the sky. And then it turns out it, it's Jesus, the healer and, and street preacher. And, 
and he's riding a, a donkey. And you don't want to say it, but, but you were kind of expecting someone more famous, someone more powerful. I mean, Jesus didn't have a big presence on social media. He didn't have a communications or marketing team following him around. He just did his thing. But apparently it didn't matter how underwhelming his ride was or how unimportant his followers are. People are cheering in the streets because of what he stands for. He talks a lot about God, but he does it in a way that seems to offer healing and love and joy and, and a seat at the table. He's reading the same scrolls as the other guys, and yet it feels different. It's like Jesus gets it. It's like Jesus gets you. So we read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, starting in verse 8. A large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd in front of him and the crowd behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, it is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Picture yourself in it again. Everyone all around you is shouting, praising, singing this unassuming prophet from the sticks. You're totally caught up in the moment. You, you completely forget about Passover, the, the religious programs that you're supposed to be at. Instead, you let the spirit of the crowd continue to move you. No one seems to know where this parade started or, or where it's going, which is just fine because it's not a moment to be managed. It's just happening. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Who is this, they asked. The crowd answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. Then Jesus went into the temple and he threw out all those who were selling and buying there. He pushed over tables used for currency exchange and and chairs of those who sold doves. The parade has taken a turn. You become keenly aware that Jesus didn't come to entertain people on Main Street and then sneak out the back. This parade has turned into a protest, and it's marching right into the temple courts. You're doing your best to catch a glimpse. There's there's a heaviness in the air. You're up against a pillar. Everyone has their cell phones out trying to capture the commotion, trying to capitalize on this viral moment. And all you hear is, is a commotion. People are angry. Coins are flying everywhere. It turns out that this unassuming street preacher is flipping tables and kicking people out of church. As you can imagine, the chief priests and religious leaders are furious. You can almost hear them yelling, not in our temple. And then you hear Jesus shout, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a hideout for crooks. 
Did Jesus just call the chief priest a crook, a thief? Did he just say that they had turned the temple into a house of crime? And they're angry. They're angry and they're powerful, which is a bad combination. If you're wondering how angry and how powerful the chief priests and religious leaders are, well, they're angry and powerful enough that by the end of the week, they've had Jesus executed for meddling with their temple. It's written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a hideout for crooks. And then people who were blind and lame came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. The parade turned protest has now become a revival. People who have spent their whole lives unable to walk and unable to see have followed the noise of the crowd and have found their way into the temple. And once inside, they found Jesus, and in Jesus they found some healing. And this only upset the chief priests and the religious folks more. It's not that they were opposed to people being healed. They just preferred healings that they could control. They were upset that the healings were a result of Jesus instead of a result of their ritual sacrifices, recited prayers, and it didn't include the passing of their plague. They had a vested interest in the temple system, and free healings passed out by a nobody isn't good for business. But it didn't seem to matter who the healings upset as the Spirit of God was on the loose and everyone could feel it. People who were blind and lame came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and religious leaders saw the amazing things Jesus was doing and heard the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were angry. And you kind of get it. There's something intimidating and exposing about childlike fascination and wonder. Kids always follow the fun, and it doesn't feel good when they're running away from you. (laughs) There are different levels of, of party poopers in the world, but my absolute least favorite are the ones that get annoyed at the sight of children's joy. When the chief priests and the legal experts saw the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were angry. They said to Jesus, do you hear what the children are saying? Yes, he answered. Haven't you read from the mouths of babes and infants you've arranged praise for yourself? And then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany. And he spent the night there. Friends, this is Palm Sunday. From the mouths of infants and babes, God will be praised. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a commotion the first Palm Sunday was. And all these dynamic characters. We've got disciples and Jesus and town folk turned protesters. We have the blind and the lame, chief priests, religious leaders, and who I think is the star of the show, the children. And well, it might seem a little chaotic, irreverent, a little sacrilegious to some. To me, this is what church looks like when Jesus shows up. 
Budgets and belongings get tossed aside, rules and regulations overridden. People are energized, people are healed, and there are children, tons of children. And not only are there children everywhere, but the children are free. Free to get their sticky fingerprints on the furniture, free to to make some noise, free to have an effect on the way we gather. Friends, there's so little that we know about Jesus. We don't know what his favorite food was, what his shoe size was, what his favorite class in school was. We don't know almost anything about his likes and dislikes. But one thing we absolutely know for certain is that Jesus loved children. Jesus loved children. Children, His disciples would try to shoo children away. Grown adults would try to push them aside. And yet over and over, Jesus constantly brought the children in closer and said stuff like, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And whomever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For whoever is least among you will be the greatest. Jesus loved children. And you know what else? Children loved Jesus. They were drawn to him. Constantly trying to get closer to him. Trying to sit on his lap. Children loved Jesus. Jesus, and that's saying something. You know the old saying that children are the best judges of character? It turns out it's true. Studies coming out of the University of Maryland, University of Virginia, even Yale and Harvard School of Psychology tell us that children as young as the age of three have a disproportionate ability to read faces and to distinguish between genuine and disingenuous facial expressions. It's as if their years of of pre-verbal dependency on adults have created in them a superpower of being able to tell who's safe and who's not safe just by looking at their face, right? There's a reason that babies all love Aunt Helen. She's not a baby whisperer, she's just a really good person and they can tell. And so to no one's surprise, children loved Jesus. They could see it in his face. They could sense it in his core. Whenever Jesus came to town, things got a little crazy. And they loved it. I know I might be reading between the lines a little bit here, but, but I'm willing to bet the children didn't love the chief priests and religious leaders, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just guessing that they could see right through them. Palm Sunday, a parade turned protest capped off with a revival. When I found myself daydreaming as a child, this is often what it looked like when Jesus came to town. And, and truthfully, I, I still fall into those daydreams from time to time. Now in just a moment, the children are gonna parade back in with their palm branches. It's gonna be cute and fun. And I think Jesus would have loved it. I think he would have gotten right in the middle of it all. And while the kids parade in, the choir's gonna sing and the brass is gonna play and the bells are gonna play. 
And you guys are invited to join in singing on the final stanza. And with all of that happening at the same time, things might get a little chaotic and noisy and unstructured. Cues might be missed. Palm branches might go flying. (laughs) But I encourage you, instead of trying to hear over the noise that is right on cue, (laughs) enjoy it. This isn't a moment to be managed. Cheer the kids on. Remember, they can see your face, so uh, smile. (laughs) And you can even join in the parade if you want. In the spirit of Palm Sunday, we're going to make a little noise. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to let the kids loose in the temple. Who knows? Maybe this is what it would look like if Jesus came to church. Or maybe there's a good reason we only do this once a year. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But I'll tell you if I can, what I do know is that faith and life and God and Jesus and church, it's It's all a dance. It's a dance. It's a movement to be experienced, not a moment to be managed. And as soon as it becomes too rigid and too structured, it doesn't look like dancing anymore. It just looks like bored people that don't know if they even want to be here. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, God will be praised. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let's have some fun. Amen.